Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com provides tools for architects, designers, and construction professionals to discover, discuss, and specify products for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, this is Tom Diora. Thank you, Shay. For our guest today, please welcome Kurt Klein, architect and principal of Modern House Architects. Kurt draws inspiration from mid-century modern architecture, blurring the boundaries between the natural world outside and the created world inside. For more information, their website is modernhousearchitects.com. That's modernhousearchitects.com. Hello, Kurt. We're excited and honored to have you on The Modern Architect today. Ah, glad to be here. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Great. Kurt, please tell us how long you've been into architecture and, and uh, how you came about becoming um, uh, an architect in uh, having starting your own firm. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm um, originally from Iowa, and uh, it was either this or or you know farm for the rest of my life. So <laughs> yeah, That's actually great. it's 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 interesting. Uh, in high school, um, a farmer architect gave me the opportunity to draft for him. So it was farming in one part of the day and drafting in the other part of the day in my high school career. And then, uh, of course, that led me to go to the University of Kansas State and uh, study Jayhawks, architecture. Huh? Uh, the Wildcats. Wildcats. Oh, Kansas. Kansas State. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. great. Yeah. So how, how was that experience? Or, uh, I like to start off with asking, you know, when did you kind of, was this a calling to you or something that... Uh, you kind of backed into uh, as, as, a, as an architect, no, if I you think, can recall. Yeah, I think I was always interested in design in general, and um, uh, it was, I guess it was a calling. Okay. Um, and it was it was a good experience going to Kansas State. Um, um, really, really led me down the path of, of interest that I have today in different architects that I studied under. Yeah. Now, do you... Um do you recall anything uh, that you first put together, if you can go back or wow. even want to, <laughs> um, that you put together? You know what? This kind of uh, this uh, this uh, kind of moves me. Uh, is there any projects or anything that you may have done? Yeah, you know, the first couple studio years, and most studio instructors will tell young architect students this. It says, you don't really know what you're doing yet, so find an architect you like and okay. try to copy them as best you can and apply the design program that we give you in studio utilizing this architect's design work. So I was drawn right away to uh, some classical architects. I mean, I, I was drawn right away to Mies van der Rohe and uh, Louis Kahn and okay. uh, even some more current architects who are still alive and working, Richard Meyer and Gwathmi Siegel. Um, and then later on, um, once I got into the formal studio program for third, fourth, and fifth year, um, I was uh, fortunately taught by someone who worked in Tadeo Ando's office, a uh, Japanese architect. Mm-hmm. And that probably has as much influence as, as the other architects that I, I just listed. Yeah. We were talking in, in the green room about the influences of Japan. Go into that a little bit. But how, how, how you came about first going to Japan and what really right. struck you in, in your work and even in your life, that the, the, the aesthetics? Uh, well, it's interesting. You don't get an opportunity in the Midwest really to explore that much because uh, when, I, when I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area back in the early 90s, 
Um, there's almost a pan-Pacific attitude to the Bay Area. There's more of a connection to Asia, I think, than anywhere else in the United States. Mm -hmm. And there's also some architectural influences that creep into houses and buildings and, and architecture in the Bay Area. So I think that's what led into some experimentation to some of the architecture that I learned in school applying some of, uh, I call them ondoisms. Okay. Uh, ondoisms? Ondoisms okay. Okay. to a typical uh, American modern house. And yeah. uh, I think our work kind of exemplifies sort of those connections. And, and then um, I, I did meet a Japanese woman and got married to a Japanese lady. And uh, so we, we've traveled to Japan um, many times, um, probably close to 20 times now. And um, my father-in-law, unfortunately, just passed away. Oh. But I used to um, ask him politely uh, to drive me to the latest Ondo building, no matter where it was. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. And it was okay. diff difficult to find some of these. <laughs> he's, he's a world-renowned architect, and he does some phenomenal large-scale projects. But uh, uh, he still does residential projects as well. So sometimes we're hunting and pecking, you know, for hours trying to find the no the GPS or uh, well now yeah. there is okay, now there is yeah. but this is back in the pre pre sort of pre GPS days <laughs> which wasn't very long ago. wasn't very long no. ago exactly no. exactly no. so he kind of cursed me and said this is what we're hunting for this concrete <laughs> box and I said yeah this is what we're hunting for oh this is great go into that so so yeah. he, his view was it's a concrete box but yours yes is and like, no he was, okay. he was he was he was, he was okay. a wonderful man and um, had a good sense of humor and actually had a direct connection it's fun how these things sort of weave together. The first house, or first building, I should say, that Ando did is the Azuma House in Osaka. Happened to be family friends with my wife's family. Okay. So before wow. I was even in the picture, they had had dinner in the Azuma House with the family that owned the Azuma House. So when I said I wanted to see this, they sort of laughed and said, yeah, we know them. And said, well, good, I can see a tour inside as well as outside then. And, and so, yeah, we got into the Azuma house and had a visit in the Azuma house. Very simple house. Um, um, it's interesting when you go to Japan, there's, there's um, the context is, is different than it is in the United States in that uh, zoning really doesn't establish um, what I would call design criteria for areas. So you can walk into a neighborhood and see a gas station next to a house, next to a high rise, next to the, the, the ordinances are much different. And so um, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, you, you've got you've got a little bit trickier design problem, I think, if you're a Japanese architect in that way, because um, the, the really the only thing that that is is comfortable to look at is the sky. And so uh, when Ando designed the Azuma house, um, he designed two concrete cubes with a courtyard in the middle and purposely forced the views to the courtyards and also to the sky, um, knowing that no matter what got built around it, it wasn't going to change, change yeah. the, the, the living aspects of the house. Okay. So you think that... that, that uh also influenced other architects on how they designed? I think you see it also <clears throat> in, in good sort of mid-century modern architecture. If okay. you notice a lot of, and I, I use Eichler as a sort of a generic term almost mm -hmm. because um, there's lots of mid-century homes other than Eichler's as well. And you'll see sort of um, what I would call a, a, a stark face to the street, limiting the amount of windows and openings to the street and not knowing what the street's going to present in the future, but opening to a courtyard or opening to inner spaces that are connected to the site, uh, which the owner has the control of instead of instead of whatever happens to be built in front of really? it. Really? Yeah. So the owner has... Sure. You, you, the owner of the oh. property has control over that view because they basically control the courtyard aspects and the yard aspects of the house, whereas what's in the street... You know, they don't yeah. have much control over. So you'll see this really prevalent. You see it in Palm Springs, too, in the modern houses down there. Sometimes you won't even see a window on the front of the house. You'll just see a door and, and a wall. And the yeah. minute you open that door, it just magic happens. You open onto a courtyard or you open onto some garden. I like that magic happens. Magic, yeah. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> so you're responsible for helping to design that magic. And hopefully, you know. Yeah, have... it's, it's really informed some of the... 
some of the work we do, uh, I would say our office is is different than some in that we do extremely large projects that are custom homes, and we love doing Eichler and mid-century remodel work. So we're at both ends of the spectrum within the office, but um, I don't see that they're that dissimilar. I think the the design Hmm. aspects of both are are kind of related. Really? How are they related? Just for well, the uh, I think how would you good. Them? I think good houses, and and uh, I think we we operate mostly in you know in in in, in modern design. Um, good houses are are uh, site appropriate, so they're they're positioned on the site in the right place, and they're connected to their site. So okay. um, and in doing that, we we put as much glass and site connection as we can. Um, and then build the privacy of the home at the property line and not at the wall of the home. So, um, Say that again? You... Build the privacy of the site or of okay. the home at the property line. At the property line. So okay. we'll, yeah, use, we'll use plantings or we'll use architectural devices or different ma- means to make sure that the home is private from the neighborhood, um, but not do that at the wall of the home so that the home can remain glassy and open and you can look out of all the spaces and be connected to that site. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's common uh, in most of the, of the post-war modern homes that were built. Yeah. That, that idea. How important would landscaping be? In it's ultra important. Okay. And, and um, it's, it's something that, that is, is, is important to our office. And, and uh, I've partnered um, with, uh, with a good landscape architect to, okay. to facilitate this. And we both have the same, ideas as to the aesthetic and and what uh, what each other's responses would be and so yeah it's and interiors are also important uh, you know it's 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 a two-way street right okay. this this glass yeah. wall um, from the outside then needs to have the appropriate connected interior design um, so that everything sort of works together modern houses wow. are complicated in that way and that yeah, I was going to say the interconnectivity is the interconnectivity, un- unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's very real, actually. It's very real. Yeah. It's very real. Yeah. yeah. So you have to consider every element, every facet. Yeah. When you're sitting in the back of the pool, what's the kitchen look like? Because you're looking at it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. your work is constantly exposed. I mean, of course, a lot of Yeah, you're, are, but, you're exposed yeah. within the confines of the property. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with the exception of, again, um, most often, um, and again, this is this is not some of our larger projects because the sites are private in general. But some of the smaller homes, custom homes, and remodel homes, they're on busy streets, or they're in neighborhoods that um, that have an active street noise and things yeah. that you. How do you don't... account for that when it's in there? You you design facades that that limit the connectivity to that street and and really um, okay. draw draw the, the homeowner into the, the courtyards and, and spaces of the property instead of that street space, okay. which is different than, I say, probably your typical American house that was built pre-war, which did just the opposite. It, they usually had porches, and mm-hmm. there, was, there was an inviting uh, uh, front yard, and conversations with neighbors would happen on porches, and this was sort of before cars and, you know, the hustle and bustle of the current, <laughs> the current yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you actually you're you're taking into account even more so than the house and the property. You're looking at the entire. You would need to look at it yeah. from from back to front, front to back, side to side. Yeah. yeah. And and again, placing the house oh, in a goodness. way that uh, is responsible to sun orientations and climate and views and uh, landscape and existing trees and things that would would really want to place the house in just the right spot. Yeah, there's almost an ethereal quality to the whole process. Am yeah. I am I off or No, you're right. Okay. And you're right. So so you're you're making something which is 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 very uh, light would seemingly light yeah. and 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 yeah. uh, into um you know the owners whether it's commercial or or, or a, a personal yeah. how how do you gauge the 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 person yeah so we we go through a pretty extensive process when we start work with uh with homeowners in that I call them just a wish list I I hate to call them like building programs because that's what architects will say (laughs) give me your building program and owners don't relate to that very well so i said just write down all the wishes and they don't have to be connected in any way um you know i'd like to be able to soak in a in a hot tub in a in a 
that's close to my bedroom, or I, 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 I love cooking and I want the kitchen really to be the heart of the house, or whatever wishes you might want to have, they're not prescriptive in sort of how you would design the house, but that's really where we start to make sure that, that the, the homeowner's wishes are in, in the design. Yeah. And then I think it's our responsibility as architects to sort of place, again, place that house appropriately and deal with the surrounding conditions and privacy aspects that, that, uh, that the site has. Yeah. So do, when, they, when, they, uh, when they come to you, do, you, do, they get, do you get a sense, just speaking to them on the phone or emails yeah. or texts, that yeah. how they're going to be? Yeah, when in person, and how how often is it pretty accurate? Like, well, you get a real feel for them. It's interesting you say that. Um, you know, um, modernism is not everyone's cup of tea, and and it it falls into a smaller segment of the of the public than than sort of your average architecture. So, I would say the kind of clients that come to us are very similar to each other. Um, interesting. They okay. Usually highly educated. Um, uh, um, have have traveled, um, have had experience in the arts or design. Um, so there's there's a lot of interconnected uh, personality types, and that has to do with whether we're remodeling a mid-century home or we're doing a twelve thousand square foot home in in Atherton or mm-hmm. or a mid-peninsula. So they're they're. They're a similar. So there's a thread that connects there's them. There's a thread, okay. and 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 uh, I, f- I find there's similarities. Even if they do not know each other. Even if they don't know each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I think okay. I think this type of this type of design or wanting to live your life in this way. I think um, there's a similar thread there. Yeah. And so yeah. you're noticing it. Have you noticed it now, even several years ago or when you started it? Well, right now... Or did you just kind of kind of put your finger on it and say, you know what, I, I've discovered this? Yeah, I think I've discovered it over okay. time. Okay. And, and right now I think modernism is, is m- more popular than it ever has been because I think um, as people experience these spaces... Mm-hmm. They know how wonderful they are to live in. Yeah. And I think uh, there's more examples, more good examples of, of homes like this and, and buildings like this. Excellent. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. The Jonas Project, named after fallen Navy SEAL Lieutenant Commander Jonas Kelsall, works with veterans who want to start their own businesses. The Jonas Project provides the support and resources such as volunteer mentors needed to help businesses through the first two years. As these veteran-owned businesses succeed, they look to hire fellow veterans and family members to provide a critical foundation as service members transition to civilian life. To learn more or to help with the donation, visit thejonasproject.org. That's thejonasproject.org. And now back to The Modern Architect. We're talking today with Kurt Klein, architect and principal of Modern House Architects. For more information, modernhousearchitects.com. That's modernhousearchitects.com. Kurt, what, what insp- who in particular or most recently inspires you, even if it's a family member, to, to, you know, to do the work that you do? Wow, I mean, um, it's it's funny. Um, it's it's the best job in the world. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, great. You get paid for drawing pictures. I mean, <laughs> it's not who, that simple. It's, it's maybe to you, but it's, it's not. It's no, not. I'm, I know it's I'm, not. I, yeah. I have been fortunate in my office yeah. to have wonderful staff, and uh, you know, we we all really really get along, and I think you know we we like being in the office, and we like doing what we do. And um, there's there's nothing more satisfying than uh, walking into a project after it's complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was a you know two years ago or a year ago it was a piece of dirt. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so what, what so the uh, going back to that the culture in your office that kind of helps facilitates the entire process. Well, yeah. yeah is, it, it sounds like there is one. Yeah, there yeah. is. Okay. I mean, I, and I see it's it's related again to sort of the culture of our clients. Um, uh, our clients tend to be. Highly optimistic. Well, they, I like they also, the optimistic. They're even. optimistic. Okay. I mean, and I think you know, um, we have spoken in the past about what led to sort of this influx of modernism after World yeah, War II. Yeah, go into it, please. This is well, great. I think it had to do with sort of the progressive um, 
optimistic, futuristic attitude of of, of the public at that time. Okay. And um, I always call it as it was uh, it was a pre-cynical America. Okay. So in which era? The, the 40s, I think it, 50s, I think 60s. It, it was it oh, was, was post-war. So okay, obviously, so post-war. you know, one of the worst times in American history, followed by by uh, what started to be one of the best times. And of course, there was problems. Of course, there was sure. the, the racial tensions and everything. But that's at the time I think we even started recognizing that there was a lot of racial tensions and we were going to correct those. Um, but the architecture, I think, was a direct response to people that optimism. Had, that optimism. Okay. Yeah, and our office is like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, we and and my clients are like that for the most part. You know. Um, <laughs> so you don't get any really crappy people coming in. Not saying, not, "Hey, we want to uh, re- renovate not, or build." Not really. Oh. You know, because <laughs> not um, really. <laughs> no. Okay. For the most part, no. Because um, if you're if you're if you're wanting to live this way, you're you're probably very passionate about design. Yeah, I like that. Okay, go there. Your, yeah. Your, okay. Speci- yeah, your specific wants may be um, um, to, to get to this type of house, I think, would would lead you to have that kind of attitude and, yes. and that kind of optimistic attitude of, of life. And we, we end up working with a lot of uh, software people. And again, I think, you know, they're their life uh, probably has many aspects of design, although it's software design or hardware design. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they're all related. Yeah, yeah. you know, just thinking while we're while we're uh, we're talking here is uh, when you're mentioning a little while back about you could be at the pool, but you're looking at the kitchen to yeah. just see through. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a bit of quite a bit I think of self reflectiveness. Um, mm-hmm. In, in, a, in a person who wants a, a modern home or a mm-hmm. modern structure. What, how, how do you feel about that? I think your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, but again, I think um, it, it has to do with, with um, it's, it's interesting. A lot of, uh, there was a lot of um, misconceptions, I think, in the 70s and 80s, which led to a little bit of the downfall of modernism, that it was cold and heartless and, and I think the general public somehow. Yeah. On the um, contrary. On the contrary, yeah, I think yeah. it's just the opposite. Yeah, that's I, what's interesting yeah, about that. I, th- I think, mis- yeah, myth. I, and I think also yeah. um, good modern architecture is attuned with nature and, and celebrates nature. Very much. It's just, yeah. it's just the opposite of that. Yeah. Whereas I think certain types of architecture almost defy nature. They become objects within, within the landscape instead of, oh. instead of letting that yeah, come So there's in. a struggle. There's a struggle. There's okay. a tension. Okay. And the best modern architecture, I think, uh, sort of lets that. There's a flow. I noticed there's definitely yeah, a flow. Yeah. You look at Barcelona yeah. Pavilion. The you know, probably would be stated as the the first modern European yeah. modern building. And there's just there's just wonderfulness in, in that. Yeah. Uh, if you go back to you go back to what we talked about when we were in that what I call it the green room, but uh, um, your experiences in Japan and that, yeah. that the, the aesthetics uh, 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 and how they influenced you and how you you think or you believe and I agree that yeah. it actually influenced some of the greatest architects uh, in history. It always amazes me uh, that uh, a country I don't know if it's a quarter the size of population in the United States. Um, Produces an enormous amount of designers and architects, um, and uh, the the design um, is fresh and interesting. And uh, every time I'm in Japan, I, I see wonderful examples in in more numbers of examples than I would normally see in the United States. So as you're walking down the street, you just, you know, my, my iPhone's out and my camera's <laughs> going because I'm finding things that, yeah. are, that are interesting to me. And again, I may be a bit biased because I am, I'm interested in that aspect of design too. I, yeah. I've been influenced by, by uh, some Japanese architects, so, mm-hmm. so that, that probably has something to do with it as well. But I just think there's, there's uh, what I see a pretty heavy design consciousness. Uh, okay, when design I'm, consciousness. When I'm walking around Japan. Okay, just in general almost? Even more so than, yeah, yeah. than uh, the States? Um, 
depends yeah, where. It's not a cultural question. Yeah, it just depends a, where in the yeah, states. Okay. But okay. yeah, I mean, San Francisco sure is, is, has has many aspects like that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you walk into a general retail store, and the way things are displayed, and and even um, like we're on the shelves, and yeah, yeah. okay, and okay. the storefronts that 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 embody those. Lots of thought were, was put into the sort of the little storefront elements, and and um, and a lot of them are very tiny. I mean, the spaces yeah. that, you, that you encounter are maybe eight feet wide as a store. Um, and, yeah, and I like a, it. A yeah. lot of care has been taken into that storefront. Good word there. Um, so a lot of care there. And it goes back to, you know, I, I, I touched on that um, self-reflectiveness of, of modern. Yeah. And uh, how it really, it's so, it exposes, um, you can't hide from it. Um, and, yeah, right. Uh, um, it, I mean, use a, a phrase, um, a Buddhist sustain was how you do every, anything is how you do everything. Oh, that's good. And I uh, like that. If, if you use that in the in design or you talk about anything, even on the shelves or the entranceway. Um, yeah. And I think that says something, you know, in sort of the, in all aspects of, 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 of life there. You okay. Know, there, there's, there's, there's great care, I think, taken in, in more than just, just yeah. that. But... Uh, but and then there's examples in the United States that are just like yeah, that. Yeah, examples, some examples in Europe. Yeah, share, share with us some uh, locally even, other than your work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, mine's the best. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, where um, else you can see? Well, I like, can, uh, I, I'll tell you a story. When okay. I came from when I came from Iowa, um, I I was in Saratoga and um, driving through um, a neighborhood off of I think it was Cox, um, okay. and I drove into an Eichler neighborhood. And I had never encountered them before. And um, there was an entire neighborhood, and they were all in really good condition. So you tell the homeowners had spent some money making sure they were, they were done correctly, and, and they just looked great. And a grin from ear to ear. You know, I said, where's George Jetson? <laughs> this, is, this is the best thing I've ever seen. How do I, how do I find these? So, what was his dog's name? I know this is not part of the show. But what, yeah. Oh, uh, Astro. Astro, that's it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Astro wasn't running around. That, yeah, we could have been. Okay, okay. But so it was really... Yeah, I, I just... Uh, yeah, I just was really taken with with um, with the architecture. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. You, you said something I think is really interesting. You encountered them as if they're alive. What's interesting you said that. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I drive my wife crazy because I'm constantly... <laughs> In the car or walking, and let's go down this alley. Let's go down this street, yeah. and and um, you know when we're traveling, we'll do that. And I'll, you know, I'll go off the beating path many yeah. many times yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you do feel kind of excited when you find that little hidden gem, mm-hmm. and uh, you feel like you're the only one that found it. But you know, it's it's uh, yeah yeah, and it, so so you you find that it gives that that that, that sort of uh, that's an incredible warmth that you're gonna you're gonna bring to your design. Yeah, it gives yeah, you that okay. that pulse, you know. That that's okay. the that's gonna gonna add yeah. to the the bag of influences you have, and and it's interesting. You know, you travel all around the world, and you find that the same influences are are occurring all around the world, regardless of the the country or even regardless the of language, culture. You know, I think good design's good design, and yeah, you absolutely, see you see it. Yeah, you, you do. What are some interesting projects that you're doing? If you're at liberty to share, you don't just share names, but just, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Or... You know, again, we have a strange practice. Um, <laughs> I, strange I, practice. It is. It is in that we, you know, we do as many mid-century rebuild, remodel, rehab uh, projects mm-hmm. as we do new design work. And um, it's oftentimes a struggle to talk to clients about that because, um Sometimes clients won't see the relationship between the two, and and of course I've I've seen that relationship between you know modernism of mm-hmm. the fifties and sixties and what we're doing now. Um, so yeah, I've got I've got several projects on on both sides of the scale, and I'm, they're, I'm excited about all of them. Yeah, they're they're local, all in. They're all in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, yeah, Sorry we're doing Bay. work from. Um, Northern, north of San Rafael, down to you know in the Santa Cruz area. So, yeah. so pretty much Peninsula and and Marin uh, and and San Jose area. Uh, can you describe some the, some of the scope or interesting facets to the uh, the design without? Yeah, uh, we're we're constantly looking for. I mean, I think our work has been been described to me by others as traditional modernism, 
And traditional so, modernism. Okay. Traditional modernism, yeah. Okay. Wow. And in that, um, sort of preserving delicate aspects of design are important. And, and lots of times that means dollars. Okay, yeah, yeah. When you, you so if you want the, the frame on your door or the frame on your window to be thin, oh. you have to pay for thinness. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm excited about is there's a lot of local companies um, that are now producing what you would find in Europe or Asia domestically. And what we were having to do is sort of specify materials that weren't necessarily in you know U.S. materials. Yes. So I'm excited that there's companies locally that are that are designing providing providing this and a lot of it is not just um uh, not lack of will a lot of it has to do with uh sort of the stricter code aspects especially in california of energy aspects it's Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to to get a window and door to perform to meet the the energy code requirements and still retain that really thin light quality yeah yeah, I want yeah. to the, the pay for thinness. That was an interesting. Used to be phrase. you had to pay for thinness. Okay. So if you wanted, um, if you wanted a delicate door system, you had to go to Europe. Okay. Um, and so it was delicate and, and durable. How do you get both of those? Well, you know, it's it it has to be durable. Obviously. It has to be durable. Obviously. So, yeah. but but instead of, for instance, um, I'll just use an example. Uh, your local your typical local produced uh, window. And again, we don't use uh, wood windows. Typically we use aluminum uh, because the aesthetic of modern, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure there's a crisp line work and we want to make sure there's not soft shadows, but more hard shadows on those aspects. So that would be two inches thick for a frame. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but in, in if you're doing a smaller project and every frame is two inches and and every three or four feet you have two inches doubled with two inches, it gets really heavy looking. And so a lot of the European product was doing the exact same thing in one half an inch. So you can go from two inches to a half inch and you would be surprised at the dramatic aesthetic change you get if you did a window or door wall with half-inch frames versus two-inch frames. Nice. And I always say there's, 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 uh, there's a millimeter of difference between Safeway and sophistication. <laughs> Let's touch back <laughs> on that. This is The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. The Alliance for a Healthier Generation works to address one of the nation's leading public health threats, childhood obesity. Founded in 2005 by the American Heart Association and William J. Clinton Foundation, the Alliance works to positively affect the places that can make a difference in a child's health. Homes, schools, doctor's offices, and communities. You can find out how to help by visiting healthiergeneration.org or calling 1-888-KID-HLTH. That's healthiergeneration.org or 188-KID-HLTH. Now back to The Modern Architect. We're talking today with Kurt Klein, architect and principal of Modern House Architects. For more information, modernhousearchitects.com. That's modernhousearchitects.com. Kurt, talk back a little bit about what you were saying, the difference between... Uh, that was a great line. Yeah. Well, I, 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 my clients have probably <laughs> always heard this. Yeah, but yeah. I like that. That was great. <laughs> so there, there is. No pun intended. I said that. Don't go ahead. And... <laughs> <laughs> there is. There's a. There is little increments of dimensional difference, okay. and, and it, it's it's sort of they expound on each other. So, and I and I call I call products smart products and dumb products in a way. Is like if you okay. throw, if you throw a lot of. Uh, 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 heavy and bulky product into a modern house, whether it be door frames or window frames or, or, or roof elements or wall elements, um, they sort of overuse will, will sort of destroy the character of the modern house. And so, and again, I'll, I'll reference, you know, modernism in the mid-century. Um, they were extremely conscious of this. And, um, uh, they did it in a way that didn't cost a lot of money. So their, 
their ability to sort of take by design by design okay. yeah you know a lot of a lot of homes were built very economically but um, things remain delicate and light and and purposely delicate and light yeah and so it's it was hard that's challenging to do that it's that's very challenging. challenging you have structural challenges yeah. you have energy challenges uh, material challenges and um, but the best projects that we've done you really pay attention to all those things so that you get a successful successful design yeah yeah so that that challenge um, has it lessened or increased even with the you know to within the 21st century it's gotten better okay it's gotten, gotten better you didn't say better hey, okay, it's so gotten it's better. better and right. really it's because of the popularity at the moment of modern design and i hope i hope it's not a phase i hope yeah, we're i don't think so i hope yeah. we're we're sort of back where we should have been minus a couple decades um Back to where we should have been. That's I think. A great line. I think that eighties and nineties were sort of a. That's a good a, line a, of a tune. Maybe we ought to have someone play it. <laughs> Back to what we should have been. It was sort of a lapse in evolution, architectural evolution <laughs> in the eighties and nineties. So I don't know what occurred, but something occurred. But I think we're back on track. <laughs> okay. Um, and and I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of architecture in the United States that's respected, and a lot of good architects that are respected, and I think. So, so I think we're back. That being said, because it's more popular, there are more companies that can make a living, a viable living off of catering to the products needed for modern house. Okay. And before, even 10 years ago, um, it wasn't economically viable for a company to take, uh, you know, half of their product line for what they were probably getting as 5% of their market. So it just didn't make sense. But now it's making more sense. So there's yeah. more products available that do what we want them to do. Yeah. How about commercially? Have you seen the an uptick as well in a modern yeah, design or look that you go, ah, these can have the same, some of the elements? Or the yeah, essence? no, no. It's everywhere. It's, it's okay. commercial and residential. Um, and commercially, we don't get that much involved with. But, of course, I pay attention to it. Um, commercial's fortunate in that the energy... Uh, requirements in a commercial building are much different than a home. Homes' energy requirements are a lot more strict, believe it or not, yeah. than a commercial how, building. And how I'd, so? Yeah, well, I don't know the exact. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I work uh, with a wonderful energy consultant we, we use on every project because... Um, I give him my design work, and he tells me how many windows I have to take out. <laughs> so <laughs> we use him as a gauge okay. to back away from the amount of glass that we'd like to use. Um, but, no, he's a really creative guy. And um, he's, he's told me that, you know, if it were a commercial structure, we would have a lot more latitude in the amount of product and the amount of energy efficiency in the, in the product. So for oh, whatever you, reason. Yeah, you would think it'd be the other way. I, or at least equal. I think it's because there are so many more homes, and okay. I think it's because um, homes are occupied uh, more hours of the day. I'm just guessing than than your commercial building would be, where it's it's a partial occupation versus what could be a 24-hour day occupation. Yeah. So, so maybe the energy is 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 is, is energy requirements are stricter on homes. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we were we were limited a lot of times on which products we could bring into design. And lots of times they were not domestic products. They were Asian and European products because that we could find This those. was several years ago? Several years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And still to this day, some, some products we, we get, you know, from, from European vendors or yeah. Asian vendors. Would you, would you think the, uh, the commercial uh, owner mm -hmm. would be, have that sort of thread that we talked about earlier that the, you know, a homeowner would have in that that they have the appreciation for the well modern. potentially okay. you know potentially of course when you're doing a commercial project you have many more influences um, than than you might if it were a homeowner you know the homeowners are interested um, in in how livable the house is and, and their particular interests where a commercial project you may have a committee of people deciding yeah. what that's going to be. That's what I was thinking, yeah. is the committee may not be collaborative. They're probably not collaborating on, yeah. on what to do. And and that gives the architect some freedom, I think, because he's, he's probably not given an aesthetic direction, more yeah. of a budget and a, a program requirement of what 
what the building must have, yeah. and then it just takes off in, in the way the architect chooses yeah. to make it. What's your thoughts on, uh, and we talked about this earlier, and I will bring it up again, is the ability to astound. <laughs> no, 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 that just, no, well, I what, hope we do that with every project. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> From what I see, yes. But uh, what, what, how, does, what do you consider on each project, even when you when you meet you, you, yeah. you meet the owners and you you see the site, yeah. do you have a, a, a vision already in your in your uh, in your mind's eye of what it will be, and how close does it almost come to that when they actually? Gosh, sit down that's and a good question. Meet um, with you? It, it's so it's so varied in that sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get the design to work right with the site, and but sometimes you walk onto a site and you kind of see it. Okay. And I know my wife gets angry because I, I, I get up at night <laughs> a lot and sketch. twice in, yeah. this, uh, in our she interview. She stopped getting up so much and, and she's sketching. she's so sweet. She's so sweet. Exactly. <laughs> she is. She is. But, she's but sweet. twice you've said she gets angry. She gets angry. Those most of the very few times she gets angry because she's always very, very nice. She is sweet. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I get up a lot and sketch and, and um, I, I probably wake her up because you never know when that idea and inspiration is going to come about. Or you're walking around. I, I I've, I've made it a point now to sort of go on urban explorations everywhere I go and walk. I walk as much as I can. I don't take cabs or I don't take trains. I, I try to walk as much as you can cause you, so you can encounter things. And you just build more influences in, in what you what So in you essence, see. you're constantly working, if you want to put it. You're not working in that you enjoy Tom, what you're doing. Work. But you're still... You're yeah, still if it's a 24-hour-a-day job. I would say for anybody pursuing architecture... Yeah. Be comfortable with that idea. It's if you're not comfortable with thinking about it 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. or every waking hour. I shouldn't say 24 hours a day, okay. but every waking hour. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of thinking about it. You've always got, you've always got that that project that you're thinking about, or or even design details that you're thinking about. Yeah. yeah. So so are there these things part of them? Are they? Um, do you create them? Or actually, I'll bring this up. What do you feel has even more importance? There's no right or wrong answer to, mm. to this, but it, creativity and discovery. Yeah. Which? How much is? Oh, how gosh. much is important to you uh, versus not as important? I think creativity is something I think was more important when I was younger. Okay. Um, I think discovery is more important when I'm older, and I tell you why is that. Um, yeah. I, my design work is is sort of an evolution of of work versus creating the next new thing on every job. And so I'm constantly looking for um, refinement more than, you know, the next new idea. And I, I, I never want to be what I would call flavor of the month. I, I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah. I'm interested in just refining good design principles and, and uh, making projects as perfect as they can be. Wow, that's a that's a great insight to us because uh, I've asked this before and I, I've, I get different answers. But the refinement it, it, for it sounds like from for you, refinement is a discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you it, don't create refinement. We we work with again. Or do you? I I don't think I, you do, but you know yeah, maybe I, you have another take on it. I think there's you know, and architecture is one of those design fields where the success relates not just to your abilities, but who surrounds you and mm-hmm. and the contractors and fabricators that you're surrounded by. And we're really lucky. We have a lot of um, subcontractors. Uh, there's one one group in, in, uh, in that I'm thinking of primarily that does a lot of our architectural glass and, and metals work. And uh, I wouldn't know what to do without his insights really yeah he'll we'll we'll come up with some design idea and and he has the ability to sort of take that idea one step further and refine it and and um so it's those things that that i think make make the project really successful yeah you know i'm looking now to, um, to find out where i i've got the inspiration for that Word and it was uh, actually uh, Michelangelo mm, mm-hmm. talked about discovery that yeah. the, that that it's there that, that yeah. the, his design the design or the work yeah. is there it's yeah. up to him as the sculptor to, to discover it and to he used that it. word yeah yeah so yeah. I, I thought well if it's in 
with him, then why not? Yeah. In, in all yeah. in all facets, what are some of the challenges that you've that you've uh, uh, experienced in modern architecture? One, obviously, we talked about the myth of it. Yeah. And, and uh, the biggest challenge, and it's it's becoming less of a challenge. I'll tell you, is is that um, when you're promoting a modern house through um, a planning department or a jurisdiction. Um, most planning ordinances for houses are written to reinforce the idea of what I call wedding cake design. Big bottom, <laughs> big bottom, okay. uh, slightly less uh, large uh, second floor, and a smaller yet third floor um, with a bumpy frosting. Stop. That's that's I kind of that's though. kind of what the zoning got the principles. Visuals. So okay. architecture that we're doing does absolutely opposite of that. Um, you want to build levity into the house, which oftentimes means that the base is smaller than the second story, which is turning that zoning ordinance up on end. Mm. Um, also. Um, Lots of zoning ordinances, and they're getting better. Master plans are being rewritten daily mm -hmm. to make sure that 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 houses can can look like this. Um, oftentimes, uh, planning agencies will have you design offsets along facades where they sort of reinforce the notion of busy facades. So facades that step in and out okay. or back and forth. So busy facades. Yeah, and that's the opposite of what you would do for mm -hmm. a classic traditional modern house is you, that busyness um, is is running in contrast to good design. So there's lots of things that we were fighting against and um, it's it's fortunate that a lot of planning departments staff architects you know the the planners yeah. themselves are architects. So very we would, fortunate. We would yeah. get the wink wink. Yeah. You, you'd, <laughs> you would you would submit a set of drawings that says well the ordinance isn't really written to to allow for this but we like it. <laughs> we'll we'll try to we'll try to see what we can do. Nice, very <laughs> nice. This is the Modern Architect KZSU ninety point one FM Stanford. The Loop. <clears throat> the Loop is a radio show featuring electronic music, ranging from house to techno to down tempo, and everything that's good in the underground. Each week, the show features releases, exclusive mixes, top picks, interviews, and live guest DJs from around the world. That's The Loop with Drew Deep from 11 a.m. all the way until 3 p.m. Monday mornings. Check that out on KCSU Stanford. And now back to The Modern Architect. We're talking today with Kurt Klein, architect and principal of Modern House Architects. Find them at modernhousearchitects.com. That's modernhousearchitects.com. Kurt, um, with architecture constantly evolving, the expectations for emerging architectural buildings evolve as well. What's changed in your experience, say, the last even five or six years with that evolution? Yeah, I think that the biggest change, and you see it in... in um, see it more in like architects uh, like Gary and Indeed uh, who just passed away. Um, computer design has given the ability for a more figural kind of modernism to occur and the ability to sort of um, uh, allow that program to be given to fabricators to design very organic shapes and very organic structures that in previous years probably couldn't have been done as successful as they are now. Really? Yeah, so I think I think okay, that's so. something I'm seeing emerging. Yeah. And the ability to sort of design within the office and give give that information directly to a fabricator to form you know, yeah. to, to fabricate those elements. So that, that, that quickly, that quickly. So you're, yeah. So all of the, all of the shop drawings and detailed drawings. Yeah. So how would it have been safe, safe, say even five or six years ago? I think there now. would have been a lot of like site work. I think there okay. would be a lot of site work. I mean, I think, I think a lot of the early Frank Gehry stuff, uh, I was, um, I was in the Midwest when Frank Gehry did his first figural design at the University of Iowa for the Laser Center. And I went, I went to a few, few of the lectures with, with Frank Gehry talking about it. Okay. And it didn't really have um, that 
difficult a facade to fabricate in comparison to what he's doing now. But even then, they were struggling on how they were going to create these curvilinear metal panels. Um, this was pre-CAD. This was pre-computer. Yeah. So these are hand-drawn details. And I imagine it resulted in just a lot of site work and a lot of visits by the architect, kind of old school, very Da Vinci. You know, Very I'm going to show up on the site and we're going to bend this together, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, handwriting. How often do you still f draw? Or do you, you I always design. Okay. I always design by hand. You do? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what's your feelings on that versus just say, the, the computer? Or, or, or I think you like to work in concert with... Uh, I think it's whatever works for you. Okay. I think it's whatever works um, and whatever you prefer. You know, we, we like sketching and... Um, quickly moving from sketching into modeling and we do okay. rough models within the computer uh, not not actual physical models we we only do the physical models um, um, when we have to because okay. they're just they're just so cumbersome yeah. and, and they take hours and hours and hours but uh, we, we computer model everything we use software from Europe that's a BIM modeling software so we quickly go into full model form. Won't have all the openings and whatnot mm -hmm. in, in the in the model, but we can we can take a look at it in model form. Yeah, and then that that starts the evolution into into detailing out that that design and making sure it works. What are your clients um, taking that to them when they see it? Are they just like? blown away when they say, oh my goodness, this is kind of what we, exactly what we spoke A of. lot of them do, although okay. again, you know, our clients, for, for whatever reason, a lot of them come from the software industry, and so it's almost what they expect. Interesting. Yeah, they expect that level of presentation. So it's just kind of a, of presentation. Mm -hmm, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like they're being served. Yeah, well, it's like, <laughs> this is this is the way we expected you to present our, our work. Our, our house to us. We, we expected, you know, sort of having a, a 3D model and, and some color renderings that are produced digitally and, and that, that level of presentation. Mm -hmm. So that sort of astound that we talked about isn't really um, obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the astound comes when it's done. And okay. they're walking in the living yeah. room and they're going, wow, this is... Yeah. This is how better. do you feel when the, when you see that? When you see, if you uh, can go back, you go back to the client from when you first exchange either emails, phone calls, or, yeah. and you met with them and all the dynamics involved. Maybe they were just, uh, you know, just having their first child, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And then you go back to that recollection when it's actually kind of done, and you kind of, you know, kind of clap your hands a bit and say, well, it's been nice, and you know it's kind of going to be the end of the relationship with them. Is, is there sort you know, of a, we a sorrow in a way? Actually, we're, it's, it's funny you say that. We have continuing relationships with our clients after the work's done. I mean... Tell me about that. That's great. Uh, we, yeah. Um, well, partially it's, it's, it's that um, we, we like our clients. <laughs> <laughs> we really do like our clients. Our clients are... are and we... we just like um, you know, they're they're all uh, for the most part really good people. Yeah. Um, and another thing, they're very uh, anxious to to show their houses off. You okay, know. Yeah. So we we've if I if I call a client and say, you know, I've got a prospective client. I talked about the way your kitchen works or the way your family room looks. Would it be okay if they walked in and experienced that? And yeah, what's the response? Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's yeah. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, we'll leave a key in. Oh, we'll leave a key under that's... the mat, or <laughs> or here's the code to punch in, and just punch the code in and let yourself out and lock up. And um, yeah. Oh my, that's extremely personal. Yeah, they're great. Well, it's yeah. it's, it's 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 a long you know a long relationship we like yeah. keeping. Yeah. So there really is no hey, okay, well, no. it's been nice and mm -mm. and I want to see more than that. I want to see how the house works out for them, right? Yeah. So um, if there if there's any issues with the house or yeah. or if they they've they've got something that didn't work in the way they thought it was going to work, yeah. you know, maybe we could remedy it or something. Yeah. How I have noticed you you're in a number of publications especially recently. How how does that occur? Do you do you go reach out to them or I they I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are they taking those walks and encountering them like you? Yeah, like, I don't oh, know. I don't know. It's a good question and and you know, I I worry about magazines in general. I worry about printed you know, yeah, why is that? Why, because I've seen a number of projects of yours yeah. uh, before we even got together. It's like it was quite easy yeah. to find. Oh, there's Kurtz here. There's Kurtz there. Oh yeah. my goodness! Did, so you didn't really reach out to them? No, they, they actually... we 
we um, we work with the same photographer on everything we do out of Los okay. Angeles. He's he's a. Uh, oh, so he flies up to do your work here. He actually you need drives. To go. He actually oh. drives up. Yeah, and uh, super 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 good photographer. Obviously, um, yeah. A photographer that's really shot some of the best architects in the United States. He used to shoot. Um, for Morphosis, um, you know the Federal Building in yes, San Francisco. Yeah. So used to be Morphosis's photographer uh, is Michael, uh, also um, Michael Rotundi's photographer, and so has uh, really, really wonderful projects. And yours, <laughs> and yours, and Kurt. Our, 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 yeah, our small projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this? The, the, do you have a uh, save last year? Let's, let's yeah. keep it convenient. The, the last year, the, within the last year, the smallest project to the even largest. Yeah, it's really easy. We've we did an Eichler that was 1,400 square feet, okay. and I visited a site this morning with the house that's thirteen thousand square feet. So both ends of the yeah. spectrum yeah and yeah. you t- you take the same obviously the same care in each absolutely yeah absolutely yeah and and, and the, the clients feel that so that there's no hey, you know yeah like, no no we we want to spend the yeah. same care and time that it uh for for everybody yeah, yeah. what would you uh, um what kind of advice or recommendation or consideration would you have for aspi- an aspiring architect oh that's a good question yeah. um mainly um <laughs> really make sure you enjoy it. Um, it's a wonderful profession, and it's very satisfying. And I can't, I told my wife, I said, um, Oh, this is a good one. If I couldn't be an architect, yeah. I'm afraid I have a can in the street. Because I don't think I'm qualified <laughs> no. to do anything else. <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to do anything else. I really don't. I think I'm, I, I'm an architect, yeah. period. And um, it's, it's a time-consuming profession. Okay. Um, which is good. It's good. I mean, it takes many more hours than your client will ever realize that you're spending. And you'll never write a contract for the amount of hours that you'll put into a project. You'll always... Really? You'll always... Yeah, I mean, I... I you'll I always go that, over. But I, uh, explain that a little bit and, wa- and a little of why, if you don't mind. Well, because you know? you're, you're as I'll use an Apple term, you're constantly noodling on everything you're designing, right? So you lay it down and you're modeling it and then... You go home at night and you have dinner and it's in the back of your mind, well, maybe this door could be here. And you lay down at night and you kind of glance over at CNN and well, maybe the handle can. And my wife can see that one eye is on, you know, on her sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and one eye is thinking about hmm, some detail that I need to resolve. Uh, and you're laying in bed at night and the same thing's happening. Well, maybe, maybe if the window were placed this way, I, you know, and you're constantly thinking about yeah. about projects. So the clients really aren't as aware of that, obviously, unless they really wanted to ask you and say, hey, Kurt, how yeah. much time do you really spend on well, that? Well, that's this? what it takes, I think, yeah. to do something something good. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, you know, architects are, are uh, what did, I forget who said this, but they said uh, architects know a little bit about everything and nothing about, you know, nothing about specifics. So you're just, a, you, you become this, overwhelming generalist because you know a lot of aspects overwhelming about, generalist you become you come okay. aware of everything you know you you have to be you have to have a working knowledge of of a lot of different trades in which you don't have specifics about but you have to know, mm-hmm. know about those trades so even before you became an architect uh, was that kind of your thought process anyway? i guess so i guess so now that you say that yeah yeah so that really was your thought process. I think it? it was. Yeah. I think it was. Okay. Yeah. And and how how has that? It sounds like it hasn't really evolved. You're constantly thinking. <laughs> I'm constantly <laughs> thinking. It's Sorry. true. I, I don't want to insult I you, but it doesn't no. seem like you're much different. No, than... and, and it's because it's what I it's what I want to think about too. Yeah. Right? It's like it's it's <laughs> becomes it becomes uh, part of your life. You know, thinking, becomes... of, thinking about architecture all the time. And it, it, there's no, there's almost, there's no end then. Hope not. Yeah. <laughs> no. I told my wife, I said, uh, she said, when do you want to retire? And I said, when I'm horizontal. Oh. <laughs> that's when I'll retire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Kurt, it's been terrific having you here today. We're truly honored you've been our guest. Thank you very much. We hope you, we hope you visit us again soon. Glad to, Tom. It was fun. Thank you. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Kurt Klein, principal of Modern House Architects, architecture and design for modern living. 
For more information, modernhousearchitects.com. That's modernhousearchitects.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The recording engineer and production manager is Akshay Jaggi. Assistant engineer is McGregor Joyner, and we're all assisted by Rice Carter. The executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Thank you for tuning in and listening again next week for another edition of The Modern Architect. Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.